This is quite a reading, isn't it? Uh, again, you know, we, we talked last week about some of the surprises that we get in Advent uh, readings. And I want to encourage you by saying that Isaiah has something really good to say in this text. Um, let's talk a bit about um, prophecy. Uh, there is, so, so the word that is used by Paul for prophecy in his letters, and the word for prophecy in the Old Testament, it's the same word. And it's a really interesting history. I'll give you just a very quick breakdown. Um, so in the Old Testament, you have prophets like Ezekiel and Isaiah and Jeremiah, just to name a few. And they have this job. And their job is God calls them. He gives them a word. And in the Old Testament in particular, it's very specific. It's a, it's a bit of a word of warning to the people of Israel that, that they have turned from God as a nation. And God is wanting them to come back to him. He also gives these prophets a word of comfort, as to say, look, in spite of this rift that has come between you and me, in spite of the things that you're going to suffer, in spite of being in exile, in spite of being ruled by foreign rulers, in spite of having leaders who make decisions which is not in line with what God wants, in spite of all these things, God says, I'm going to draw you back into me. I'm going to draw you back into this shared life. So that's really specific in the Old Testament. But it's important to say that that prophetic link transfers into the New Testament life. And that's the life that we're living right now. And Paul writes about this, this life in multiple areas. And in, in Ephesians in particular, he talks about something called, in Ephesians, um, Ephesians 4... Isn't it? He mentions something. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? He talks about certain gifts. Anybody, can anybody off the top of your head, does this sound familiar when Paul talks about certain gifts? Just shout them out. Self-control. Yeah, he does talk about that in, in Galatians. He talks about certain spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Anybody? Prophetic, teaching, teaching. yes, pastoring, uh, evangelism. He says, ever since I heard about your, sorry, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, building up of the body of Christ, which is us, the church, till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And he talks about the point of the prophetic in Ephesians 1. And here's, I'm weaving a thread here, if you're following me, from what's happening with Isaiah, 500 years before the birth of Christ, and what Paul is talking about in Ephesians. In Ephesians 1, he says, Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all God's people, he's saying in Ephesians, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering in you, in you, you in my prayers. Paul says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. 
What does he give them? The spirit of wisdom and revelation. And this is a way Paul is talking about of this prophetic gift being shared that he then talks about in Ephesians. And this is what we call today, uh, we might call it word of knowledge, a prophetic word, a picture, a vision. And many of you in this church have experienced this, a word from the Holy Spirit, and shared it. And there's a point to this. Did anybody catch that in Ephesians? Why does the Spirit give these gifts? Why are we meant to practice these gifts? What's the point? Did anybody catch that? To build up the body of Christ and so that Jesus may be known. And so that Jesus may be, may be known. So there's evangelism already in that. The spreading of the gospel. The demonstrating of the power of Jesus Christ. And the building up of unity. All really good things, aren't they? Going back to Isaiah 40. There's something incredibly powerful going on here. And I don't want us to miss it. When Isaiah talks to the people, when he shares this word, he says... What shall I cry? And there's a voice that precedes his. And we understand in Scripture, and we pull from areas like 1 Kings to understand that there is a community of heavenly voices that serve God, that speak to Isaiah, and that are at work throughout the Old Testament. If you remember, go back to Genesis. And you hear God refer to himself in the plural. That's weird, isn't it? Yahweh is this plural identity. In 1 Kings, we see reference to a divine council. These angelic governors, counselors, all serve God, all serve Jesus Christ, and their point, their, their mission, their existence is to point to the kingdom of heaven. And I just want us to pause for a moment, and if we can just try and picture in our heads that there is this divine order, there is this heavenly order, that even as I speak with us now, that there is this order of governors, counselors, angelic hosts who are at work and they are at work in this place and in heaven simultaneously. For what cause? For what reason? Hint, Paul tells us. To make Jesus Christ known. To build up the unity of God's people. Isaiah prophesies about the birth of Jesus Christ. Without him knowing his name, he knows the prophecies. He's given the prophecy about Jesus coming into the world 500 years before Jesus is born. And the power of Jesus Christ goes back in time. It covers all of the Old Testament. 
as Jesus talks about his lineage and his calling in the gospel, it goes back to the line of David. It covers all of that history. It covers us in the present as we sit here in this church, in having come out of lockdown, in our own private struggles, in our relationships, in our money issues, in our family. He covers that, Jesus' reign. And Jesus' reign steps into the future. And it covers all of that as well. If there's one thing that I'd love for us to take from reading Isaiah, it is this power of God that is without limit. It permeates everything. All of history, all of time, all of the Bible, Jesus Christ rules in that. Isaiah goes on to say, Don't be fooled. Human life, living this life for its own glory, for its own purpose, following our own ways, there's no point to it if that's our focus. There's no point to living this life if it simply glorifies us. If it's simply about our goals, Isaiah says there's no, he says, all people are like grass, and all the faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of our God endures forever. And that bit that I read at the very beginning of our service from John chapter one, Jesus is the word. John tells us, Jesus is the word, the living word, and he's with us. And Isaiah speaks things, how can he know? How can he know that what he speaks actually resonates with scripture into the future and into the past? Because he trusts in the spirit of God. There's a point of what Isaiah is talking about. And it is simply acknowledging God's power. He says in verse 5, The glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. How powerful is that? He describes how mountains are going to be laid low and valleys raised up and the power of God is going to come in full demonstration in our lives. Not just so a small select few can be saved. Not just so a small pocket of people can experience God's goodness and gifts. Not just so a small elect can be with Him. He said right here, the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What a divine revelation. 
that what we do here, what we do now, the point is that everybody has to come to Jesus Christ. Now, I don't have a great anxiety about accomplishing all that in my lifetime. I can't. I have no power. I'm not influential enough. I'm not well-spoken enough. I've got a funny accent. I'm from a far-off, distant place that has questionable politics. Right? I can't do that. But at the same time, I have no anxiety and I have joy about what it is that God has planned for us in this time. And I believe it's happening. I believe that there's power here. You know, Paul talks about God is choosing people now to give his gifts to. Very real gifts. You know, I had this experience when I was, I don't know, eight, nine years old. And I was riding in the back of the car as we did every Easter to go see my grandparents. Uh, we lived in northern Florida, they lived in southern Florida. We get in the car, nine hours we drive, and I swear my dad would never stop for any reason. No matter, no matter how badly any, any of us needed facilities, the mission was to get there in nine hours, and we stayed in that car for nine hours, rattling in that old Volvo. And I remember sitting in the back of the car, and I don't even know what I was thinking about, but I suddenly, it was like this movie screen had gone on in front of my eyes. And I was looking at the back of the seat in front of me, and it's just like this movie screen went on in front of my eyes. And before my eyes, I saw this cross. And I saw this man being nailed to the cross. It was as if it was real time. And the look on his face was agony and anguish, and there were tears in his eyes. And the emotional power of that vision, I cannot describe to you. I wept in the back of that car, not even understanding what was happening. And I remember my parents asking me, are you okay? You know, have we not fed you enough? <laughs> you fighting with your brother at the back seat again. And I couldn't even explain what was happening. Fast forward, four years ago, and I'd heard about spiritual gifts, and I'd heard about the power of the Holy Spirit, and I had been to divinity school and studied all of these things in books, and I knew it, right? I knew it. I knew it. Up here. But I thought, oh, well, that, that's not for me. That's not for me. That's for other people. Or maybe that was just for a limited time in the New Testament. Maybe it was just for a limited time during the Acts of the Apostles when we read about those amazing acts. Right? And I remember we were praying, and these people in the church came and prayed with me. People just like you all came and prayed over me as a blessing because my, my boss had left. He went, took a job in Weston, left me as a curate in Torquay, took an took a, answer to calling at, at All Saints Weston, Mark Searle, and, and I was in a bit of a panic 
Because I thought, how am I going to help lead this church? And all these things gone through my mind, and they prayed for me. And the next thing I knew, I felt like a bolt of lightning. This heat and warmth and sensation of calm shoot down the back of my neck, fill my head. And I saw all of these amazing colors, and I suddenly fell down to the ground. And I couldn't tell you what happened. <laughs> but these lovely people were praying for me. And they explained to me later that the power of the Holy Spirit had come, and that I had had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And after having studied the Bible intensely for three years in divinity school, after having grown up as a Christian my whole life in the life of the church, it was like it unlocked everything for me. It didn't solve all my problems. Didn't make me sinless. Didn't, didn't, you know, didn't do any of that. But it was like I had a different pair of spectacles on. And when I read the Bible, I believed. Suddenly, I really believed in the power of Jesus Christ to heal. And suddenly, I really believed in the power of Jesus Christ to rejuvenate and renew and revitalize the church. And suddenly, I believed. And it was like God came down and said, I am real. I have power. I want to show you my glory and not just you, but everybody. Because I made all these people and I love them. God says, I want good things for them. I want them to know my Holy Spirit, not just to be put to work, not to be set apart, but to be sent into my growing family, my big family. And it's growing and it's growing out there. It's growing here. The power of God is for you. Please don't forget. Jesus Christ is for you. The Holy Spirit is for you. Whether you're 5, 50, or 105. He has amazing plans for your life. And he wants people to see the power of him at work in you. And he takes glory. He is overjoyed when he sees Jesus at work in you. And I see it. I see it in you. I want to commend you. I want to encourage you. I see this. But folks, I want you to see it too. I want you to see it in yourselves. I want you to see it in each other. And I just thought, what the heck? What, what, what would happen? What would happen if we just, if we just took a moment, just a moment now, just, just a moment, just a minute, and we just invite the Holy Spirit in here. He's already here, don't worry. What if we just take a moment and we just invite him really deliberately into our lives?
you know, one of the things I think before I had my experiences was maybe I was a little skeptical and maybe a little afraid of what the Holy Spirit was going to do. You know, I didn't, didn't need a big shake-up in my life. I'd already been through life events. I didn't need all of that. But you know, one thing that the Holy Spirit showed me, which I, I didn't understand before, is that He wants peace for you. What kind of peace? The peace that surpasses all understanding. That's the peace He wants for you. And the prevailing feedback I and others have heard when people encounter the Holy Spirit for the first time is a sense of peace. And because I believe in the power of technology, because Jesus reigns everywhere, I would love for all of us to have a moment, and I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit in. I will leave this to you because it's your heart and you need to decide if you want the Holy Spirit. But He's there for you. And I just want us to take an opportunity to do that at this moment. Please don't be worried. God has you covered. He loves you. He blesses you. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, I open my heart to you that you would have your way. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life.
feel the Spirit telling me that there's someone here who's anxious about sharing their whole heart with Him. Maybe it's an anxiety about their past or something they're ashamed of. And I, I want to just say in this moment that God honors that. He acknowledges your fear or your anxiety, but he wants you to know that he can overcome that in your life. So be encouraged. as we come back to the center of Jesus Christ. I pray the peace of the Holy Spirit over all of us. Know that you're loved. Know that the power of God is for you and that Jesus is for you. In this season, today, and for the rest of eternity,